The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. What up? Hello. All right. Stuff sounds good. So, uh, I'm pulling up the notes here on my laptop here so I can, uh, have that all set to go. Um, okay. So, yeah. Do you typically do, um, oh, okay, there you are on video. Didn't know if you were coming back. Yeah. Actually, of the three I've done so far, you're the first one that has actually had video going. Oh. Both Michael well. and Andy just did audio, and I was like, that's fine, I guess. I did do my hair for today, so... Oh, it looks great. It looks great. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> all right, so let's give it, as long as you're all set, let's give it a second of dead air, and I'll get into the intro, okay? All right. You good to go? Great. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to episode three of On The List. My name is Austin Briston, and I am your host. Joined tonight by Jeff Davis. Jeff, how are you, man? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks for coming on. Now, for those of you who do not know, Jeff is our pitcher list injury specialist. He is a registered occupational therapist, and he writes our injury roundup and actually put together a fantastic injury glossary just before the beginning of the season. It's, uh, it was a wonderful piece. I specifically remember eating a bowl of soup uh, while across the table from my fiance, who is going into the medical field, and both of us, for once, could enjoy something baseball-related as she was even entertained by all the medical jargon. So thank you for that. I appreciate that. <laughs> well, I'm glad she enjoyed it. I, I hope it was the highlight over the soup. Uh, it, was, it was good soup, let me tell you. <laughs> so, uh, each for those of you who haven't heard us here on the list... Each week I'll be joined by a writer from the Pitcher List staff, and we'll talk baseball, we'll discuss what they've been writing recently, and we'll do a bit of mailbag session where we'll answer your questions. If you want, if you want us to answer your questions, you can send them to our email, community at pitcherlist.com, or you can send them directly to me on Twitter. My Twitter is at Bristowski, that is at B-R-I-S-T-O-W-S-K-I. All right, so Jeff, let's get on into it. All right. So, first things first, um, I always like to start off and give you a little bit of an open-ended question. So, tell us a little bit about yourself, man. All right. Um, so, I'm the lucky Canadian boy who got to play baseball in Florida and Oklahoma. Um, I was down there for quite a few years. That um, education eventually led me into being an OT. A bulk of my experience within that field is um, in upper extremity rehab. So, naturally, mixing that with um, my knowledge and love of pitching and baseball was a pretty natural fit. Um, I was thrilled that I got the chance to contribute to Pitcher List. It was my favorite site for about two years before um, even getting on board here. So that was amazing. Um, recently started uh, back in the baseball world after a bit of a hiatus. Um, I'm playing again, coaching an 18U uh, team, pitching coach. Um, and then beer league softball, which never really left me, nor should it leave anyone. Good stuff, man. Um, I'm not sure I've actually mentioned this on the pod before, but I feel like I'm one of the few people that's on the pitcher list staff that actually has never played baseball. Um, 
I got into baseball when I was about 14, and at that point, it was much too late for me to get started because everyone was so much better than me. There is quite the curve to it. Like, I, there are pictures of me holding and throwing a ball at, like, age two. Wow. <laughs> so I got a, a nice early head start. But if you're ever up uh, in my neck of the woods, I'll take you on as a beer league sub, and we'll, we'll play, have some fun. Oh, man. I mean, I can, I can make contact, but I am not much of a power header. But I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll slap singles to right field all day. And hey, we'll sometimes that that's all you need. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so, uh, yeah, you got, into, got on with the pitcher list staff when I did, when we brought on, you know, about 20, 40, something like that. We brought on a ton of new staff, and it was a lot of fun getting to know everyone and getting to know, you know, the old timers and everything like that, Pitcherlist 3.0 and all that. And it was uh, just like you. I was just as excited to get started, and you know, it's been great to have all these opportunities with Pitcherlist, hasn't it? Mm, it's been amazing, and I, I still remember the first day added to the Slack channel, and just I, it was like a baseball home finally. <laughs> um, for the first bid, like the banter was overflowing. Pitcherless community channel started up, and that's amazing. I'm not in there enough, I feel, um, but I, I just love it. Yeah, I know. Uh, I know people would love to see them more often because uh, we do have some questions we'll get to later on in the pod concerning some people's. Uh, some people have got some questions about injured players, and you know, you're the man to ask <laughs> your medical background, especially with, uh, yeah, as you said, the upper half of the body. So, yeah, just a couple more questions here. Um, you know, a little more information about you so the <laughs> people at home can get to know the man behind the words. So, how many fantasy leagues do you play in, and uh, what's your favorite type of league, such as, you know, mm. points, roto, head head, etc.? Okay, so I'm in two at the moment. Uh, one is a keeper league. It's been my home league for a couple of years. Um, unfortunately, I joined when um, one person already had the likes of trout and bats on the same team so i feel like i'm playing catch up a little bit um but juan soto is helping me thus far this year um that's that's probably my home one i would love to try a dynasty i i haven't yet um and then the other one is obviously the pitcher list staff league where um i'm currently rooted in uh, third place I'm, I'm really gunning for one of those top two spots uh, there is a bit of a barrier and i'm actually staring at him right now uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's holding me back a bit, but we we will see. It, the uh, the battle for first, second, third, and fourth is just heating up right now between myself, you, KV, and Miles. It's the three, the four of us. Sorry, are very tightly together. I think we're there's just a, like a game or a half a game that separates the four of us and first place. Yeah, it's it's very close, and I'm not sure if I have the staying power to make it through. Um, I like I'm looking at your team, and you have Strasburg and Paxton coming off the DL shortly after the uh, the break to complement Kluber, who just got an injection in his knee. He should be more or less the Kluber of old. Scherzer's gonna Scherzer. Your staff looks absolutely terrifying. Um, yeah, I'm not sure if I can take you down. We're gonna find out though. Well. Uh... You and I were talking about a little bit before we got recording, but KV, who I believe is in second place right now, uh, he and I are playing each other in this extended week with the All-Star break, and prior to the, the break, he has been beating me 8-1-1. to one to one. Uh, His offense is scary, and my pitchers have not, at least last week, they weren't doing me what they have been for the majority of the season, and uh not having Paxton and Strasburg definitely doesn't help that, but we will see. I'm 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 hopeful that I can at least pull second place so that I can move up into the you know legacy league with Nick and everyone else, all the people who were here before the huge add-on. So that's that's my goal at least. I, w- I want to win the league, but I at least want to get it up to the legacy by getting one of those top two spots. Yeah, exactly. I I think the same way. So hopefully it's us two at the end of it. I mean, that'll I, be fun. That'll be a lot of fun. I, then I'm we'll hold down one and two in the in the upper league as well. Oh yeah, I, <laughs> that's going to be the best part. Is once we get up there, beating all of them. Well, exactly. And I feel like this league's more competitive anyway, so it, it shouldn't be too hard. I don't think. Honestly, you might be right. We've had a, <laughs> I, 
because you know I was I've been writing the uh, staff league review. Um, I actually just recently turned it over to Alex Drennan, who's doing a great job with it. So thank you, Alex, for taking that on. Um, but up until then, you know, I'm checking it out every week, looking at the at our league, at the Legacy League, and the Futures League as well. And our league might be the most competitive. They, we seem to be, you know, everyone's constantly on the wire. There's a lot of trades being made, big trades too. Of course, I was able to trade for both Scherzer and Kluber, so that that was those were some huge ones. And yeah, I'm still, still not over those. I I I liked them. They were good. <laughs> but yeah, uh, the Prodigy League has been a lot of fun this year. Of course, you and I could say that because we're winning, and winning is fun. Yeah, that always helps. <laughs> well, we'll keep on moving. Uh, who's your favorite team, uh, and, and do you have a, like a favorite player of all time? I'm gonna assume, as you know, our Canadian boy, are you a are you a Toronto fan? Oh, yes, sir. I grew up just outside of uh, Toronto in the GTA there. Um, so I've been a Jays fan my whole life. Got a little convoluted when I was younger. My favorite player growing up was Derek Jeter. So that was before um, I got moved off of uh, shortstop to be a pitcher only, which happened pretty early for me. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's it's been Jays through and through. It's kind of rough this year. I haven't watched near as much as I have in the past, but there's a lot of good things on the horizon for us. Yeah, um, it? As a Braves fan, I know those rough years. Ah, fair enough. <laughs> I, uh, I'm, I'm enjoying the success this year for sure. So that's, I'm hoping we can keep that up for a while. And it seems that with our farm system, we might be able to. Yeah, I mean, AA hasn't traded away for you yet. Oh man, I, <laughs> I'm really liking having him around. He he's solid. I I still think back to the Cindergard uh, and Darno for. Dicky and Tolly and kind of cry myself to sleep sometimes, but yeah, I mean, yeah. To be fair, he all. Uh, for those of you who, who aren't aware, AA is uh, Alex Anthopoulos, previous GM of the Toronto Blue Jays, now the general manager of the Atlanta Braves. He also did trade for Donaldson, which went pretty well for you. So he's he's definitely, uh, in my mind, one of the more competent and active uh, general managers on the. Uh, on the stage right now yeah he, he's solid i just like to pick on him for that one but you're absolutely totally right reasonable <laughs> that's uh that one was pretty rough yeah it still hurts a little <laughs> when i i actually bought um oh what is it out of the park baseball 17 or 18 yeah, yeah. um first thing that i did was i went back in time to prior to that trade and made it never happen <laughs> that's amazing um, yeah, Michael and I on just episode one, we had we had a pretty extended discussion about out of the park. It's, uh, it takes up most of my time during the off season when there isn't fantasy baseball. <laughs> well, I bet you are way more advanced than I am. Then oh, it's... I I literally just did that one um, redo essentially, <laughs> <laughs> and then let it play and see what happened. Yep. <laughs> nice. I can't blame you. Yeah, it's uh it's a pastime. <laughs> and it definitely takes up much too much of my time. So outside of the baseball realm, what else do you like to do? Do you have any uh, you know hobbies or things like that to keep you busy otherwise? Um, just try and uh, spend time with friends and family for the most part. I, I like to poorly play songs on guitar. I uh, wanted to pick up piano at some point, but I haven't gotten around to that. Um, in general, just, I don't know, kind of more low-key things. Baseball keeps me pretty busy. Work keeps me pretty pretty busy. Yeah, I'd imagine so. Uh, you know, that's a it's a it's a heavy workload, I'm sure. Just with both, just keeping up the uh, injury list itself. That I I look at that um, each week and I think to myself, my goodness, that that is a lot. So let's go into it, how how is it that you. <laughs> Keep that going each week because it seems like what is it two two uh, updates per week even yeah so I'm putting one out um, on Monday and Thursdays um, I used to aim for noon and since we're over 200 people on there <laughs> each uh, update it, it ends up coming out a bit later these days I feel but hopefully people understand um, but there is quite the process to it. I've, I've got a massive spreadsheet um, that I, I keep off the site, and um, I just find out who's 
gotten injured since the last update. Do a bit of research on them. Um, usually, there are a lot of very minor ones that I don't concern myself with entirely. So, like, no name Marlins reliever number six injured something, <laughs> and <laughs> I don't invest a ton of time in those guys. Um, sure. If it's something more complex or a big name player, I try to really dive in deep. Um, got a pretty good uh, set of sites that I can reference that come up with, uh, say, past um, amounts of time missed for a certain injury for certain players. So I try and make comparisons as best I can, factor in some rehab knowledge, and um, just try and take my best guess at it. Uh, for the most part, I the hypothesis are usually pretty close. Um, I'll provide an update on the guys that I feel that um, perhaps I, I was too optimistic about or too pessimistic about um, or I will update if they've had a setback um, and then eventually the final product all goes into um, the site there and there's a bit of formatting to it um, but yeah it, it feels good once it's done every every uh, well twice a week I'd imagine yeah for those of you who have not checked that out uh, the uh, injury report that Jeff does every week and it is it is a sight to behold. You get on there, and like you said, there are over 200 players that are currently on the DL or injured in some way, whether it's day to day or something like that. And he's got them all listed here. He'll, so it's got uh, organ, it's organized, of course, by uh, team, and then yeah, um, you can see every player for that team that is injured, what it, what their injury is, how long that in, that uh, injury should keep them out. And he's even got a uh, little countdown to show approximately when they should be back. It's a fantastically useful tool. And that table is sortable as well. So I, I often kind of check and look at, okay, who can I expect back within about a week? I'll, I'll sort by the countdown. Um, and so that's pretty helpful as well. Um, well, I don't mean to throw you through, a, uh, through an unscheduled loop here, but... We have some breaking news that just came across my phone as you were talking that you might actually be able to, you know, jump in on here. Cubs place right-handed pitcher Brandon Morrow on 10-day DL with right bicep inflammation. Huh. So I, while you were talking, I went and Googled it. Um, Morrow came off the DL after, you know, his lower back tightness uh, on June 27th, and now he is back onto the L with uh, right elbow inflammation. So that doesn't sound good. Is it elbow inflammation or the biceps uh, tightness, did you say, or tendonitis? Right elbow I mean, inflammation. I'm seeing two, two different reports here. Uh, I, I deal with that constantly. <laughs> is what I'm, right biceps inflammation is what MLB Roster Moves is telling me, and Chad okay. Thornburg of MLB.com is reporting right elbow inflammation, though that was four days ago. So this newer report might be the more up-to-date one okay um so i would prefer the bicep one um uh, almost immediately um yeah i'm seeing oh okay i just found the chad thornberg one um and so that's saying the right elbow inflammation let's assume that we're going with the more recent one which is the bicep inflammation um in general he'll be out for uh and not throwing for at least a week or two kind of reevaluate at that point um, anytime you have something um, to the posterior side or say the bicep, the lat, um, any of those back muscles for a pitcher, you kind of worry that, hey, if, if you're throwing before this gets better, it's going to uh, cause an issue with another structure. good example of that is uh, Syndergaard last year where he had some, I, was it bicep tightness or tendonitis? He had something going on with his bicep, decided, hey, I'm going to pitch anyway, ended up with uh, a lat strain. That kept him out for an extended period so the DL move is definitely the right call um, but yeah I, I don't see it being all too long but I'll, I'll dive in deeper um, I guess on Monday <laughs> and uh, so we may as well get a bit of discussion on who might be uh, replacing him here um, I'd imagine now that uh, Edwards is back off the paternity list uh, I would think Carl Edwards would be the first one to get opportunities to save in Chicago at this point, wouldn't you? 
Yeah, I would agree with that. I think Strope is having a great year, isn't he, as well? So he might yeah. he might be in contention, too, and you never really know with Joe Madden. Um, Madden, I, <laughs> you're right. Madden will do whatever he thinks is best. And uh, I know everyone is very impressed with him, and he's, they think he's one of the best managers in the league. I, I'm not so convinced. He, it's, he's got the, the very unconventional style, and I think that at times he overplays a bit. Um, and tries a little too hard and occasionally some of his idiosyncrasies I think are ineffective um, but yeah because of that like you said it could be a mix of stroke Edwards I'm even seeing a report that C-Shack might get some opportunities he's been having a great year as well um, I have something else that's just breaking actually um, so Shohei Otani was due for um, a reevaluation today as of 16 minutes ago, it seems that he's been cleared to start a throwing progression. Um, so essentially, that's telling me that this grade two sprain that he had in his elbow has taken to the PRP. Um, I still think he's going to need the surgery at some point, but it seems like we're buying time. He, it's going to be difficult to get him worked up to a starter's workload again this season. He, he hasn't thrown for a number of weeks at this point. Um, six, I believe. So I don't know if I'm scrambling to get him if he was dropped as, as a starting pitcher, say if you're in a Yahoo League. Um, this will also keep him off the DL. So, again, in the Yahoo League, there's there's kind of an issue there. Yeah. Um, I know uh, with Yahoo, with Otani being split into both one player that's a hitter and one player that's a pitcher, that's uh, quite the issue. And I've seen tons of different issues with you know keepers and everything like that that uh, people are running across now that Otani is basically hitting full-time instead of pitching and hitting. Exactly. I do wonder if uh, he's due for the operation this offseason, if that's what they're planning. They may be able to get him out of a relief role prior to the end of the year. Um, oh, so but again, chance he could actually be on a major league mound again this year. Small chance, but there's a chance. Okay. Yeah, with this update, I guess, it does sound at least, you know, promising. Yeah, so I, I was either expecting him to be cleared to start throwing, um, and like I said, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense to try and get him back to a full starter's workload, or the more likely was that it didn't take, and then we would kind of be in a limbo stage until probably the offseason. Um, but I think we actually had a question about Otani, so perhaps we should save some thoughts for that a bit later. You know what? Let's just go ahead and jump in while we're on here. I'm trying to find that real quick. Um, let's see. Yeah, so I got a question on Twitter from uh, Big Head Baseball, was his username, and he was wanting to hear uh, your viewpoint on Otani's injury and how being a two-way player would affect the rehab. Yeah, um, so generally um, position players can come back a bit quicker. The largest part of this, though, is just how the Angels and Otani want to proceed. Um, like, he he could continue hitting this year. Um, it's it's not very likely that his swing is going to further damage the UCL. Uh, it seems like he's going to, well, continue this throwing progression, as the recent update told us. Um, however, in terms of if he does end up getting Tommy John surgery, uh, he could theoretically DH a bit sooner than he comes back as a pitcher. Um, I, I think a good example was uh, Mike Avilas. He was um, hitting again after about seven months post Tommy John, and typically guys are out for 12 to 18 months. Or Gleyber Torres, more recently. Huh? Good call. He was a uh, left arm, though, wasn't he? He did it, it his, sliding. It was his uh, non-throwing arm, so he was yeah. He was back and hitting. I believe he had the surgery last July, I want to say, and then he was back you know, for spring training this year. That sounds correct. And keep in mind that that is his non-throwing arm, so there would be less expectations there, but that would be very similar to the case of Otani just DHing and not throwing or playing the field in any way, right? Um, so you don't, you don't think that uh, him hitting, even if, even if he were to you know, get the surgery, you don't think him hitting would hinder or delay his rehab? I, I can't see a case for it. It's his um, front arm when hitting. 
So the force on the elbow on the elbow there would be a varus force, if anything. So that's um, one more similar to say uh, a tennis backhand. So it, there's not necessarily extra strain caused on the UCL from his swing. So I don't see it being an inhibitory thing for him. Um, that said, it's going to come down to how the Angels end up playing it anyway. Um, they seem to really like this uh, kind of conservative management, PRP and stem cell treatment, um, which they got Garrett Richards an extra few starts, I think, extra 20 or so. I'm, I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. JC Ramirez, it didn't go too well for him. Um, they had thought about doing something similar with uh, Keenan Middleton, and they ended up deciding that that wasn't a good idea. It's so I, amazing just how quickly the Angels staff has been just decimated by injuries this year. I I thought they were going to be actual like contenders that might, you know, push the Astros a little bit and then they just I I believe they just fell under 500, but there's nothing they can do. They ha- they have how many pitchers that are just out for the year? I want to say like five-ish. It's it's a lot. There's Ramirez, Shoemaker. I don't think he'll be back this year. I think he only had the one start. Um, Garrett Richards is is now long gone. Um, they've also been hit in the bullpen with Middleton and and Wood. Um, so yeah, it's it's not a great situation if you're an Angels pitcher or, or anyone in the Angels organization at the moment, in terms of uh, how you feel about your pitching depth, which is kind of sad because at the start of the year it seemed that they had kind of an all-time defensive infield that they could play with. So I was very excited for anyone who had a ground ball tendency to um, have Simmons, Cozart, Kinsler um, manning that infield. Isn't Cozart out for the year now as well? Um, he's, I believe he is. He's at least out for an extended period. Poor Angels. I mean, I, they got started really well. And, you know, there was a lot of hype behind having both Otani and Trout there. So it was a lot of star power, and they were both performing, of course, and then the injury bug hits, and that it, when it hits that hard, it, there's not much you can do but have your season just be lost. Yeah, and Angels, like I, I have all the injuries organized by team, and the, the three biggest are Angels, Mets, and Nationals. Um, and so we've seen what it's done to the Mets as well. They've kind of collapsed. Yeah, and the Nationals are... Definitely underperforming to the expectations that they no. put on at the beginning of the year. But they're going to end up taking out the Braves, so don't worry about it. Don't you say it. Don't, <laughs> don't you put that evil on them. <laughs> I, I can't take that. It, it hurts enough right now that the Phillies are in first place at the All-Star break. I was I was like, okay, come on guys, let's, let's just get in the All-Star break and have the lead just so we can say that we did so didn't they only take it by a game or two it was it was very close wasn't it's it a half game oh okay so wow. we're still right there of course um the braves are in second in the nl in the in at least by a half game i believe the the nats are about five games back or so of the phillies so it's a very tight race in the nl east and we'll have to we'll have to see what happens definitely going to help the Nats with uh, Strasburg coming back yeah that's definitely going to help and hopefully Bryce Harper figures things out because I have him in the PL staff league yeah (laughs) I'll just let him keep doing it (laughs) so I also wanted to uh, hit on the injury glossary that you wrote at the beginning of the year because that's like I said before, when I when I pulled it up, it was such a unique piece. I I've, I've been reading you know baseball and fantasy baseball analysis for years, and I've never seen anything quite like this. Basically, you listed some of the most common uh, injuries that might befall a baseball player, and you talked about you know what that injury actually means, like what what is damaged in there, and how long it might take for someone to rehab from that, and it was just all very interesting because, you know, we hear these terms like uh, strain versus sprain, uh, contusion, things like that. We hear all these terms, and I know, at least myself, before reading that, I wasn't, I didn't know the difference between a strain or a sprain. Um, 
I knew what a contusion was at that point, but I know there's some people who must have been like, oh, oh, it's a bruise. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, go ahead and tell us a little bit about that and how you, uh, how that came to be. Okay. Um, well, first, if it makes you feel better, even looking through the MLB transactions page, I still see, um, say, reporters or, or even teams list uh, a muscle sprain, which isn't actually a thing. Um, and it, it drives me up the wall a little. But anyway, um, so that was a, a fun project that uh, I think it was Nick's idea in general. Um, but just kind of jumped into it was about the first thing that I did for Pitcher List as well. Um, but it it's something where you have to recognize that they are a lot of estimates. Um, every injury, every player, every person is individual. And so you really need to factor that into their expected rehab and their return. And with that, everyone um, is going to have different demands on their body. So Otani, for instance, um, he's hitting, he's pitching, there's there's a lot going on. Um, something may be different if a, if a hitter is right-handed or left-handed. Um, depending on what side of the body is injured. So they are a good thing to, um, or that guide is a, the glossary is a good thing to reference if uh, there's not immediate individualized information available. So I tried to list that as much as possible. Um, with that said, it's also something that I haven't paid as much um, attention to as I would like so far this season. Um, but I think it's something that I can update and further develop um, in the off season. Uh, when things do slow down and baseball is not the prime focus of my life. <laughs> yeah, I know that uh, when you've got, especially when you got the workload you do, it's you're pretty uh, pretty bogged down. I'm sure keeping up, you know, a full time job and everything, plus your uh, injury report each week. Yeah, things got a little um, interesting when my caseload actually jumped in size around uh, March and. April and uh, a majority of the injury reports at that time were I, I was up until about 2 or 3 a.m. before work the next day <laughs> so those got a little tough things have slowed down a bit now um, but I'm looking forward to uh, the off season when things will be even slower and I can perhaps dive deeper on things like this or um, say shoulder injuries where we have another question about that I believe we do Man, listen to that dedication folks up <laughs> until two or three in the morning. That's what we bring you here at Pitcher Lessons. <laughs> Down home dedication. <laughs> All right, so like you said, we do have some questions, and we're going to get on to that. We like to uh, – one of the bigger portions of our podcast here is we want to answer your guys' questions. We want to be able to interact with our readers and our listeners. So if you have questions, like I said before, you can send them to us uh, by email – at community at pitcherlist.com or you can tweet them directly to me. My Twitter is at Bristowski. So we'd be happy to grade your trades, offer analysis on a player you've been wondering about, or even just answer any number of inquiries, some give our opinions, etc. etc. So we answered uh, our Otani one already. Uh, thank you again for to Big Head Baseball. Another one I got on Twitter today, uh, Blake Lawich wants to know as a Corey Seager owner he uses Tommy John issues as a reason for his struggles so is there any legitimacy behind his excuses so basically he's asking do you think that the reason Corey Seager wasn't you know a stud was because of the elbow so we we talked a bit about Otani earlier and he is a lefty swinger righty thrower same as Corey Seager and how that front arm, the right arm, it's going to under or undergo a varus force rather than a valgus one um, through the course of a swing, which wouldn't necessarily um, cause any additional trouble to the UCL. Seeger is an interesting um, kind of exception to that in that his follow through, uh, he kind of lets the bat drag his right arm down a bit. So in theory, and, and I don't know this for sure, I, I didn't get to watch enough of him early this year to see if uh, he looked uncomfortable on any swings. But that follow-through may have caused some ad additional pain um, with that uh, damaged UCL, which may have led to his struggles. I think in general, Blake, that you may just be kind of reaching for something where uh, a guy had a 26-game stretch where he still had a pretty respectable R WRC+. Plus. Um, I, I think once he comes back, he'll be back to normal Corey Seager, though. I wouldn't sweat it. Um, if it is a keeper, I suppose. 
Yeah, I'd say, uh, I think Seeger might be someone that we're looking at in this upcoming draft season for next year that could be quite the value, because it seems like more often people will, those guys who are out at the beginning of the year, fantasy owners kind of forget about them, they think, oh, they had a terrible year, they didn't play all year, they're going to be, you know, they might not even be good again this year, but... When it's, you know, a typical procedure like Tommy John, especially for a hitter, I think that it's, it's something that we can expect them to come back from and basically be what they were prior to the injury. Would you agree? I, I would totally agree, especially in a case like Tommy John, where we have such a wealth of evidence of players undergoing that operation. Um, it doesn't leave a lot of uh, questions remaining in terms of how they're going to bounce back from it. Um, so, I, like I said, I'm predicting that Seeger is quite the bargain this year uh, in drafts when you're looking at 2019. But So does that mean that uh, you and I will battle for him in the PL Main League? See, here's the thing. <laughs> While he might be a bargain, I have actually never been a Corey Seeger fan, as, at least in terms of fantasy. I think he's one of those guys... That is a much, much better real-life player than fantasy player. Um, because he does a lot of things well, but he doesn't do any one thing fantastically. Um, he doesn't stand out in average, per se, nor home runs. Um, of course, in that lineup, he's still getting plenty of runs in RBI. He doesn't run at all. You get no stolen bases from him. Mm-hmm. At a position, a shortstop, where you can usually find some stolen bases. So, he, he's a tough player to own in my mind because you know when I'm building my squad I try to make sure uh, that I'm covering all my bases like I I will this past year when I was drafting I very actively was looking for steals um, which was much easier when you get the first overall pick and you can take Trout Um, (laughs) but you know I'm trying to make sure that I have all my bases covered. I want to make sure I have enough power, uh, get guys that are going to be in decent lineups so they get the runs in the RBI, um, and then get guys that are going to steal, etc., etc. And I'm just not sure where Seager would fit into that mold, you know? That's fair. And it generally is going to come down to team comp. I, I had a very different strategy, and maybe I'm divulging too much information here, but I saw that uh, steals were at a premium this year and that I didn't really have a strong contention to uh, compete in uh, steals in general. So I kind of um, just didn't go for them at all. I think my steals leader is D.D. Uh, Gregorius at like 10, which isn't very many, and he's far and away the most on my team. So I just tried to stockpile as many uh, other counting stats as I could. But now you know my secret, and maybe I've spoken too, I've said too much. Well, now i got to look. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the uh, Prodigy League here, and forgive us for talking about this again, but this is what we do. <laughs> and it's so and much fun. I think I figured out the issue um, for why neither... Because actually, I, what, I try to get steals, but I actually don't have very many steals. I am... Out of the 12 teams, I have the fifth uh, least, so I guess you could also make call that the, uh, the eighth. <laughs> Math. Yeah, so I've only got 60 seals in the season. You're uh, second to last with 44. But the issue is, I don't know if you're looking at this as well, but um, is that Metzelar, Syndergaard Cop? I think, yeah. yeah I believe Not so. Metzelar, his team has stolen 145 bases this year. <laughs> Easily the first. Uh, the most and the, the next most is 96 yeah so I I don't think anyone really had much of a chance to take steals guys because uh, Johnny Baseball over there decided he was going to take all of them <laughs> he's got Trey Turner Jose Ramirez, Starling Marte uh, Michael Taylor Brett Gardner AJ Pollock, Aaron Hicks, he's got a ton of base burners. My goodness, I had not looked at this before. No, neither have I. Amazingly, he's leading in home runs as well. 
Is he really? Yeah. That's kind of scary. In fifth place. Mm. Oh, his pushing sucks. <laughs> Sorry, John. Sorry, John. <laughs> that would do it, though. But hey, he's still in fifth place. He's because he was at the beginning of the year. If you remember, he won four straight and was you know riding high, and then I think he lost like six in a row after that. I think I started that streak actually. Oh man, he's not going to thank you for that. <laughs> no, my my ERA just jumped above three for uh, the first time all year this week. I uh, that hurts a little. With one of my favorite stats from the Prodigy League. Um, so I've got Scherzer, Kluber, Paxton, Strasburg, uh, John Gray, a bunch of strikeout guys, right? Um, I am seventh in strikeouts in the league. Hmm. Wouldn't expect that. You wouldn't, but here's the thing. I, I don't get a lot of bulk from my pitchers. I get a lot, like, my ratios are consistently good, but I don't get a lot of bulk because I don't, I don't do a lot of streaming because I don't really have the space for it because I, I, who am I going to drop? Your staff? <laughs> yeah. Who am I going to drop to stream? So, I just recently picked up uh, both Nick Kingham and Andrew Suarez, so I was hoping to get starts from them, but I, they might have to go before I even get a start from them so I can get both Paxton and Strasburg back. Yeah, you you also carry more bench bats than I do, at least for the moment. I do, and I'm trying to. That's that's been a thing where I'm just working them in whenever um, other guys aren't playing because I've got guys like uh, uh, Adam Eaton and Ben Zobrist that don't play every day, um, so I've got to make sure I can work them in and out of the lineup whenever need be. Yeah, you need the flexibility. Having Matt Carpenter definitely helps with that. The triple L is really there. Definitely. If only it was an OBP league. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> OBP league with Matt Olson, Matt Carpenter, Anthony Rendon, Brandon Belt, Mike Trout. Are you kidding me? Yeah, you'd be okay. <laughs> oh, I'm going to get Gary Sanchez back here soon, too. Me, too, and my keeper. Nice. So that makes us all happy. Gotta love it. We have a couple other questions here. We want to make sure we get to those, and we just, <laughs> we're not just, you know, bragging about our uh, prodigy league teams here. Though, there's room for that. <laughs> <laughs> Makes me think that we need to do this more often. Oh man, I would, I'd be up for it. <laughs> All right, so we got one from um, one of our pitcher list supporters here on Patreon. If you're more, if you're interested in looking into that, you can get on our uh, Pitcher List community channel on Slack. If you're interested, go to patreon.com slash pitcherlist to find out more. This is from Dan McNamara. Uh, he wants to know uh, what types of shoulder injuries are more difficult to come back from for pitchers versus hitters. So he's talking about, you know, Michael Conforto is really struggling to come back from his major injury, whereas... Carpenter, who seemed to be struggling in the beginning of the season, Matt Carpenter is now just dominating. Um, and he's wondering, uh, you know, what is it about some of those injuries that might differentiate them from one another? Yeah, so um, it could come down to multiple things. We both have, or both uh, Carpenter and Conforto are lefty hitters. Uh, in Conforto's case, it was a posterior shoulder, which we have very little um, evidence of. There's been very few of those, in, um, at least from the resources that I could find uh, in Major League Baseball history. Um, it was also his back shoulder while hitting, so his left shoulder, which generally contributes less to the swing in general. It's kind of the, the side that's more along for the ride than anything. Um, the front shoulder is where we generally see a lot of the power generated, um, and Carpenter seemed seems to have uh, come out of that okay at least for now perhaps it's uh, perhaps he was a bit slow at the start but he has uh, come around as you said um, so I feel that these two are more exceptions to the rule rather than um, ones that we should really use for uh, precedence at this point um, 
with that said, I, I do want to take a more in-depth look at shoulder injuries for hitters. Um, that might be another off-season project for me. Um, yeah, keeping busy. I actually had it slated for an all-star break one, but I, I kept busy this time. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I would say that in general, you want to uh, kind of downplay a, a hitter's power return um, from a front shoulder injury. Um, and for anterior versus posterior, there's just so little information for posterior that it's hard to make any sort of um, giant conclusion. Uh, as far as Conforto is concerned, I felt that he came back far too early, um, kind of felt that at the time. Uh, I think in my original prediction, I had him back around June. So that's, a, I think I only had him back about a month ago um, originally. And so I, I, I still think that he's going to uh, kind of right the ship there. Um, yeah. I guess on, on my end, I've never really considered what the difference would be between, you know, a front shoulder versus the back shoulder for a hitter. Um, and it makes a lot of sense. Why? I mean, like you said, the front shoulder is going to be much more important to the power of the swing, whereas the back shoulder really just doesn't do a ton. It's just kind of there. Um, that's really interesting because I, 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 for whatever reason, before this very moment, I had never really considered, you know, that there would be a major difference in shoulder injuries for a hitter. Because, you, you know, obviously... Um, if you got a right-handed pitcher and they mess up the right shoulder, you're going to go, oh, no. They mess up the left <laughs> shoulder, and you're like, well, okay. But for yeah. a hitter, I, I guess I had never really considered the difference between which one it would be. Yeah, and there are, there are other examples that um, you kind of need to think of critically in that way. So say Zach Britton, for example, with his um, right calf uh, Achilles tear, that's his landing foot. That's going to be under a lot of pressure. Um, Wainwright spoke about uh, he had a similar injury um, and he spoke about how mentally he was um, really he struggled through that when he first returned he found it really hard to throw at full effort because he didn't feel that he could trust that Achilles in that leg I haven't checked how Britain's doing recently um, from what I hear I think he's doing fairly well um, but that was one thing that I, I definitely noted for him is there's going to be a lot of stress on that right Achilles if it was the left it would be kind of a different situation he's pushing off yes but it's not kind of that impactful force it's generated by his own muscles which is generally um, a little safer in in cases like that i'm now completely forgetting how it was spelled oh it's zatch yeah it's with the h let's see how is he doing One moment. It's great podcasting here. <laughs> um, I think another. Oh, oh go, ahead. go ahead. I, I was going to buy you some time, so <laughs> go ahead and tell us our Britain facts. Just got it. So in July, um, he's pitched only six innings so far, but he's yet to give up a run. He's pitching to a 185 opponent batting average. Uh, with six strikeouts in those six innings, only two walks. So he seems to be kind of back to his usual ways of being good, which is yeah. interesting because I was, I was very, very worried about owning Zach Britton this year uh, after he, you know, obviously injured that Achilles in the offseason. Um, I didn't get any shares from this year at all. I didn't either. I stayed away as well. Um, but then I recall, I think it was in about April, he was saying how good he felt and um, that he didn't anticipate any issues. And perhaps um, maybe it just healed a bit better for him, maybe just less traumatized than Wainwright was. Uh, again, everyone's individual. Um, I, I was going to add that um, the, that whole idea of really kind of breaking down the demands of the body on what they're doing. Um, probably my favorite example is Michael Fulmer. If you look back at um, Fulmer in his rookie year when he was very good, he had a changeup that was fantastic. And I, I remember reading the SP Roundup and Nick uh, jumping for joy because Fulmer had included this <laughs> this changeup that really kind of took him to the next level. So when you're holding a changeup, it's about the only pitch where you're on... Um, 
your ring and pinky fingers. Those are kind of the, the driving force as opposed to your index and middle. Right. And so the, the ring and pinky are actually innervated um, by the ulnar nerve, which is the one that he compressed. So depending how long, um, and, and keep in mind that he was pitching through this for quite a while, um, and the entire time I was kind of yelling at the Tigers about it, but depending on the extent of the nerve damage, nerves regenerate very slowly. Um, it's about a millimeter per day, and I don't know the, the inches equivalent, my American friend, but um, <laughs> uh, so in general, it's just very slowly. Um, and I think my best example um, to kind of jump from for that is DeGrom, who had the same operation to release that ulnar nerve at the elbow. Sure. Um, and for a few years after, DeGrom didn't really have a, a good changeup. Uh, this year, he has an excellent changeup. It's returning a great P-Val, and he's having just an amazing year in every category other than wins because of the Mets. Um, but I, I could see something similar happen with Fulmer perhaps next year, maybe the year after. So you think that part of the reason that Fulmer struggles because he might not have his changeup because he's, even though he had the surgery to relieve the pressure on that ulnar nerve this past offseason, he still might not, you know, have the full, like, feeling of it? Yeah, he might not have a full, um, he might not have full sensation in those fingers that the ball is going to come off of. And the changeup is a field pitch as well. So it's kind of going to impact that a little further. Um, I, I had a similar concern with Eikhoff, who had um, a radial nerve. Uh, no, he was medium nerve, sorry. Um, uh, difficulty. And he's a guy who has like the curveball and the slider, the big, fantastic looking curveball. Um, and so for the curveball that's coming off the middle finger, which is innervated by the median nerve, we haven't seen Ikov. He had a, a back injury to follow that up. Yeah. Uh, I think we'll see him sometime soon. Um, but I had similar concerns that perhaps he won't have um, his curveball in the right spot once he does come back, just because those nerve injuries tend to... Um, there's definitely a much slower regeneration of nerves compared to a majority of structures in the body. That's really interesting. Um, I don't know if you're aware, uh, Nick and I have this feud going on uh, where he loves uh, Michael Fulmer um, as if he were his own son. And <laughs> I, I essentially hate Michael Fulmer um, for not really a good reason. It's just I don't think he's that good of a pitcher. Um, like, and so every once in a while, whenever he gets blown up, I'll be like, Hey, Nick, uh, did you happen to catch that Tigers game? <laughs> and whenever he does well, Nick will message me so that I can be like, boom! <laughs> Suck it, Bristow! Well, all I can tell you is enjoy it while you can. Yeah, if you, uh, if what you're saying is true, I think Nick will definitely be very interested in uh, hearing this portion of the pod, so I'll have to point that out to him. Um, I know that... Uh, this year, his struggles have mainly been in the sixth inning. Last, uh, I heard a stat, this would have been a few weeks ago, so it's not going to be anywhere close to up-to-date at this point, but it was something along the lines of in the, in the sixth inning and beyond, or in the third time through the order, uh, whichever you prefer, his ERA was somewhere around, like, 18. Hmm. So, again, that's not going to be up-to-date, because I heard that a few weeks ago, and I'm just getting off the top of my head, so it might not even be true of a few weeks ago. <laughs> But, but that's it was that's going bad. to be the, and that's that's going to be um, pretty reflective of a guy who has a limited pitching repertoire at the moment. Um, I'd also be curious in uh, righty lefty splits, which I haven't researched for him. But um, just as a right-handed pitcher in general, I love my changeup to lefties. Um, so I'm curious if uh, he's got a similar split so far this year. Yeah, that's very interesting. Maybe. Uh... Maybe he proved me wrong next year, and Nick can just make fun of me every time. I'm hoping so. I'll join in. Yikes. <laughs> well, that, uh, that Michael Conforto discussion turned into a Michael Fulmer discussion, and I am all for it. That was great. <laughs> I'm really enjoying this, too. It's a good time. So, Dan actually had another question, um, you know, and we've, we've got time. We're still under an hour here, so we're going to go ahead and answer this one as well um so dan wants to know about uh josh donaldson's calf injury um 
And basically just why is it that this recurring injury seems to be so hard for him to come back from? So this is where this needs to be some form of video media so that you can see the disappointment on my face as a Jays fan. Um, this one just kills me. Um, the Jays haven't really disclosed a lot of information. Donaldson hasn't really either. They they have the same kind of hush up, hush hush mentality with uh, his shoulder injury. Um, kind of the same thing with Stroman's injury earlier this year as well. Um, I I am encouraged that it's a different calf this time. It was the right calf in 2017. He ended up missing about 40 days with that. Um, 2018, it's the left calf. He's, I think he's just over the 40-day mark at this time. Um, either way, there's not a ton that we can do other than play the waiting game until they want to tell us more. The last thing that I read on Donaldson was that he was returning to um, most baseball activities, at least running again, which is a good sign. And we saw last year he came back and... Uh, was his usual self once he did so hopefully uh that happens at this point i think i don't know i am playing gm now but i don't think uh, a mid-season move is going to work with donaldson but if you get him back on a qualifying offer it's not the worst thing mentor vladdy and Bo. yeah that could be uh that could be a fun team next year if he does come back and Bo and vladito are both up with him I really hope that's the case. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, almost as exciting as an Acuna Albies duo. Almost. I would argue more so. Uh, well, no, hey. you're wrong is a thing. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, in terms of fantasy, Vlad is going to be the one to own just with the approach. And he's like 80 grade hit, 80 grade power as well. But Acuna and Albies, I think, are both better defensively than their Jays counterparts at this point. Um, and in terms of fantasy value, <laughs> Acuna and Albies both steal bases. Yeah, but we've, we've already talked about our differences in mentality there. <laughs> so True. you can battle John for the stolen bases. I'll be fine. <laughs> I just want to get like two or three a week to at least be competitive, you know? Yeah, I'm, I'm losing 3-1 to one right now. He's really kind of got the whole league in a stranglehold at the moment. True. All right, well, we got one more thing on our docket here. You know I like to grade trades. Uh, it's one of my favorite things to do. So We only, actually only got one this week, which kind of bums me out, but we're going we're gonna to do our due diligence. Uh, we, so if you're not familiar, uh, we go A is for a great trade, C is completely equal F they did trash trash trade um, and you can give it anything else in between cool cool alright so this one is from Alex Tran another one of our pitcher list community supporters uh, in this trade Alex sent D Gordon and Sean Manaya to receive Jamison Tyone and Lance McCullers what do you mm. think um, I see the Manaya to McCullers as potentially an upgrade. You're getting a lot more K potential, um, which I presume is what he's after if he's trying to acquire two pitchers for um, middle infielder slash outfielder and another pitcher. Um, so I, I would give the slight edge to McCullers there. I really like Tyon's uh, new slider. I think that he is um, kind of an emerging guy. I think I think I would value him over D Gordon. So I'm going to give this, I'll give it a B. I think it's a win. It's a close one, but I like it for him. Yeah. I'm surprised to hear you say, to hear you discuss McCullers and Manaya so close together, at least value-wise. Um, for me, McCullers is, both McCullers and Tyone, I would value significantly for Manaya. Um uh, I'm looking at this. I I, I I would think that D. Gordon and McCullers are about equal, um, and then Tyone is much better than Manaya in my mind. So again, I, I'll I'll agree with you. I'll give it a B here. Um, it's hard to know without the context because, um, mm -hmm. you know, with my strategy, I do value <laughs> I value both stolen bases and average because I think those are the two hardest things to find right now in fantasy. Um, so losing. A player like D would be hard for me to do personally, but if you're looking to get better in pitching, which obviously you are if you're making this move, 
it's a this is a good trade to make. I'll give it a B. Okay. And acquiring more strikeouts, which you don't typically emphasize, right? You're what did you say? Eighth in strikeouts in the league? So it's well, it's not something that you really go after, is it? There we go. There's that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's all good. We'll just uh check out the standings. Oh shoot. Oh I knew that was gonna happen. <laughs> Oh man, this has been some fun banter on this one. I like this one. This has been fun. Yeah, I agree. But like I said, we should do this more often. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna. If your uh, if your busy schedule will, you know, allow, I'd love to have you on again sometime. Once we, uh, I'm really trying to get through to everyone who's like said, yeah, I want to come on. Which I I got a lot of interest uh, when I announced that this was going to be a new thing. Like about eight or ten guys were like, hey. Uh, whenever you want, hit me up and we can do this. So uh, that's awesome. I would like that's to, so exciting. I would like to take a moment. I probably should have done this at the very beginning um, to apologize. Last week, uh, we were, I wanted to have a pod last week with uh, Kyle Bishop, and turns out I'm trash at scheduling. We were going to record on a Thursday night, and I forgot that I had something going on that night. So we are rescheduling. Uh, Kyle is going to be on with me next week. I'm very excited for that. So you all should be as well. And send us your questions, and Kyle and I will answer them. It'll be a great time. So Jeff, have any closing words for us? Um, I don't think so. Just thank you very much for having me on. Um, I hope that everyone there has enjoyed it, despite my propensity propensity to be monotone. Um, <laughs> feel free to give me uh, questions in the comments of the injury report. I, I always try to get to those, even if I'm a day later too. Um, and I just really appreciate PitcherList and, and all the readers that we have. Well said, my friend. All right, and with that, for myself, Austin Bristow second, and my guest, Jeff Davis, this has been On The List. Bam. Amazing. Nice. That was good. That was real good. I had so much fun doing that. I, yeah. I lost your face. Where did it go? Oh, hello. <laughs> I I can see you, or no, sorry, I can hear you. I can't see you now. Oh, but. that's weird. Um, I'm gonna pull Skype back up. Yeah, that was that was really good. Oh, I should be good. My camera's still on. Yeah, well done, mate. Thanks. Thank you. Um, you killed it. Oh, you as well, sir. Everyone like. Everyone's been nervous so far. I was nervous <laughs> for the first one for sure because I like I've actually like never done any podcasting or anything like that. And when I when I talked with Nick about this, he's just I was like, yeah, we should because I know it was discussed before. We want to do some kind of piece where we our readers can get to know the guys behind the words. And I I told him, yeah, that's a great idea. Let's let's do that. I didn't expect to be the one to do that. Um, <laughs> he and I just had a video chat for like 40 minutes talking about a bunch of different stuff and he was just like yeah so why don't you host a new podcast and I'm like uh, uh okay <laughs> <laughs> well I I think it's turning out great I'm I'm thrilled that you could have me on um yeah I my my only podcast experience was a brief work one um where I was extremely monotone the whole time um so I don't know. I I feel like I called the nerves pretty well. You you seem to be totally relaxed in the role now. Oh yeah, it's uh, it's it's really not too hard. <laughs> just talk. We we got is, to the point of just talking at a point, which yeah, I think helps. Well, if you can get to that point, that's really nice. Because some like, as long as at a certain point, it's just you guys just chatting about baseball, which is my favorite thing to do. Exactly, it's everyone's favorite thing to do when when you're on the pitch list staff. <laughs> yep, and uh, as long as you have good notes, you're, you're really all set. It's I, Nick told me one of the first things he told me when I was like, "Yeah, okay, I'll do it." He's like, "Hey, just so you know, the pod is going to be as good as your notes." And so I've made sure to hmm. get notes out and to make sure they're fairly detailed and well organized stuff like that. This week I actually <laughs> it was kind of thrown together last minute, and I apologize for that. Oh, I I had no issues. <laughs> But, hey, I think it went well. We're going to be right under an hour, which is a good amount of time. I went way long last time with uh, Andy. He and I 
did a lot of in-depth stuff on his like deep uh, deep league ads and we went very long <laughs> uh what did the time end up coming out to like 120 Ooh. an hour 20 or something like that <laughs> so that was a bit too much um but this one i think will be right around uh 56 57 or something like that so perfect that'll be great Awesome. All right, man. Well, thanks for coming on. Um, like yeah, I said, thank you. Once I get through some of the other people, um, I would love to have you back on because you're you as like the injury specialist. It's it's such a unique perspective, and I think people really will enjoy hearing this one and love to hear what you have to say. Well, thank you, man. I I think we definitely need something near the end of the uh, year when I can talk about how I'm in first and you're in second. Yikes. Banter <laughs> <laughs> is nice. Because I, uh, I wasn't able to do that with uh, Andy or Michael. Because, um, you know, they're obviously not in the Prodigy League. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I, I think that it's part of the Canadian thing, too, but we are generally very chirpy. Chirpy. <laughs> so. there, was, there was a single moment um, in the pod where you did say sorry, and I yep. had to. I, I caught it, too. <laughs> You, I, you should have done it. I I almost said something, but I I, I decided not to believe it. <laughs> that was great. All right, man. Well, all right. I think I'll about do it, and then I'll uh, I'll let you know. This should be out. Uh, usually, we try to put these out on Saturday. I think it'll probably be the case for this one as well. Um, okay. And yeah, so I'll get it. Uh, I'll get it edited, which doesn't take too much, and then we'll uh, we'll be all set. Perfect. Well, thanks again for uh, for hosting me, and let me know if there's anything else that you need from me, and I look forward to hearing it. Thank you, man. All right. Have a good one. You as well. Bye. Bye.